The Paternity Test is a comedy podcast for adults. If you're not a grown-up, get off the internet. It's a horrible place. From Illinois and New York, it's the Paternity Test. This week, the chicken ring parts of the chicken. Braggalicious Facebooking. Chicago's famous wading pools of urine. And Indian winter in Syracuse. And now, three guys who shot first. Here are the dads. Hello and welcome to episode 21 of the Paternity Test. I'm Todd Jay in the Chicago suburbs. I'm Matt Barese in Chicago. And I'm Dave Engel in upstate New York. Welcome back to the podcast with a much more appealing texture than a White Castle turkey dinner slider. I don't know about that. Mm. <laughs> Do you guys ever find yourself accidentally in a White Castle? I, no, not since my 20s. Yeah, as close as I can get is that I accidentally want to go to a White Castle, but I never actually go. But I pass one and I go, maybe we should get a White Castle. Uh, it's the dirtiest feeling. I, when it I go is. to White Castle, I really feel like this was, must be what it's like to have sex for drugs. <laughs> <laughs> it's probably about as close as the three of us will ever get to that. Yeah, because yeah, you're in, you're always so. in you're either in a, a bad neighborhood or like just a morbid corner of a neighborhood. You know, they're never in a prime location. They're either in a public prime location, like what used to be a prime location, and yeah. everything's gone to hell around it, or where it's but just been literally dropped into hell, and it, and there it is. And it's I don't know that it's necessarily more carcinogenic than any other sure fast not. food, but it sure smells like it is. Like the bag is greasier. The design really? on the like even the logo is more seventies. Like it's just the Fast right. food restaurant at the time forgot. It That's pollutes true. your car. Like it just ruined. You need to like <laughs> throw a Molotov cocktail in your car after you've eaten White Castle in it because it is ruined. But they came up with the chicken ring. I mean, come on. Well, yeah, I put, mean, let's put be ten fair. on your they fingers and come up with all. it. They just found it inside the chicken. They, yeah, and like, said, hey, look, chicken rings. Did you know the chicken <laughs> had rings? We've been throwing these away all these years. <laughs> <laughs> it's the best mm. part of the chicken. Yeah. Who knew that the chicken ring part? Well, I snuck into a White Castle drive-through the other day. Oh, I was looking man. forward to my jalapeno cheeseburgers, and I usually don't even get fries. I usually don't even get a drink because I usually have drinks in my car. I just get piles and piles of hamburgers and then I eat them. And they had something called the turkey dinner slider that no. they're going to have, I think, from Thanksgiving to Christmas. No. And you can get it three ways. You can get it full turkey dinner slider, which is this turkey patty, sweet potato waffle fry, and cranberry sauce on the bun. You can get it turkey and some sort of bijou sauce which <laughs> i'm not going anywhere near something called bijou the sauce. word bijou it sounds dirty it's jewel in french i think right oh is jewel that what it sauce. is sauce made of diamonds and then uh, the last one is um turkey patty and just the cranberry so really just the difference between that one and the other one is whether or not they put the waffle fry on top. Is the cranberry on the on the sandwich like a, a little sliver of the jellied cranberry, like out of the can that keeps the shape of the can? I was eating it in a dark car, but it seemed like more like it was the lumpy dirt. <laughs> and you were crying a lot, so it was hard to focus on <laughs> yeah, the you're a All the tears were, yeah. were blurring your vision. And I was second-guessing my omission of the bijou sauce. Like, maybe I should have gone for the for the hat trick. 
can get all three kinds of, of birds. Well, why hold that? What are you doing? Trying to save some calories? Right. What's the point? You you're know? in for a penny, you're in for the bijou sauce. Yeah. <laughs> in for a penny, in for the bijou sauce. <laughs> Got our podcast this is the new slogan. You gotta get shirts made. Yeah. Uh, I'll tell you, you sure? what. Though, Wait like, a know, minute. It's not called bijou sauce. It's called bistro sauce. <laughs> Not anymore. It's not. I wasn't going to correct you, but, but, but White Castle. Somebody would have corrected us, so I figured I'll get this out there now. Hey, they're made with butterball. It doesn't say butterball what. It just says made with butterball. Mm-hmm. That's yeah, another know, part of the turkey, butterball. right next to the chicken, right next to the chi- right next to the chicken rings that you could find the butterballs. And so these are made with all <laughs> covered in bistro sauce. Bistro sauce is what the uh, I'm finding here. Oh. <laughs> I guess I guess you could, so much more appealing. I guess you could justify it by saying it's a turkey burger, so it's already better for you. But I don't think so. Don't Butterball think so. is a bunch of horrors because they put their label on that twenty-five pound turkey deep fryer that they sell on on the on what I like to call the daylight savings time channel. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so they're just sticking the Butterball name on whatever the hell chunk of animal is going on these things, and it's not like Butterball is known for farm-to-table artisanal mm-hmm. heirloom turkeys. Like, they are the people who made turkeys into, like, headless monsters that are all white yeah. breast and filled with saline. Bread to have no legs. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they're, right. free, they're free range, but we just have to push them around the farm. Right. They come with wheelchairs. Yeah. <laughs> the uh, I want to see one of these turkey sliders with a chicken ring topping on it, you know? <laughs> it's like a tur- turducken. But on a slider, slider? maybe like a maybe like a piece of duck liver underneath it. So it's like you have a turkey burger, a slice of duck liver, and then a chicken ring. It's your your own White Castle turducken. Well, the the cranberry sauce is fine. Species of animals so much. (laughs) You're just throwing their meat together. You're just digesting them all at once. It does make you. I it does the idea of that does make me feel more important as a species that I can slam together a bunch of different animals and eat them at once and wash it down with a Coke. <laughs> really makes me feel like the apex predator. <laughs> <laughs> right. Right. I didn't hunt it. I just went to a crappy seventies restaurant and said, Hey, uh, can you throw at me some chicken, some duck and some turkey, please? Uh, Give me lion, rhino, and, uh, and shark. 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 Right. Surf and, and turf. Could you throw some tusks in for my kids? <laughs> it's time once again for the Beep Boop Beat. That's where we thumbs up your plus one. Oh, man, that sounds painful. So I, I've forgotten how to use Facebook a little bit in that I don't post a lot of things to Facebook. And I've read, like, I look at Facebook a lot, and most of what I look at I don't like, either whether it's the t- <laughs> whether it's the way people post, the you know the tone of how things come across that they post, the begging for comments and likes, and for you to dig deeper in their into their vague status. So yeah. I, I so I've gotten to the point where I'm terrified to post things myself. I just don't want to be you know the thing that you see when you're scrolling through your newsfeed that you just. You just go that guy. That guy's obnoxious, or he's just you know another another thing about his kids, or another post from Todd. I don't want to read. So anyway, I'm I've kind of frozen myself. I, every time I go to post something, I I overanalyze it, and I end up usually not posting anything. So I'm like, this isn't <laughs> this isn't even worthy for anyone else to see. 
but there's paralysis things that I paralysis by analysis exactly, <laughs> and so there's but there's things that I would like, you know, there most of the people on Facebook that I would connect with are family that are out of town that want to stay updated with things that are going on in our lives and our family and with our kids. So here's an example. Maybe you guys can help me. I'll even post. You could help me come up with something that is respectable. I will post it uh, right now. So uh, tonight was Alex's basketball awards. First of all, let me tell you another a quick story about what Alex did again to, you know, he's still working through the whole death of my father. And he had a basketball tournament over the weekend, the end of the year basketball tournament. And they ended up getting second place. They did really well. It was it was a lot of fun. So it's over now. Basketball season's over. Well, it's I, always fun to get second. Always fun. Second's great because uh, you know who wants that? Who wants the pressure of being the best? You just be like, well, we did. right because you got to stay on top. There's yeah. always someone trying to knock you down. And who needs exactly. that? Who needs to be looking over the shoulder all the time? You know. <laughs> so when I was in high school, I was like a professional vice president of clubs. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it was great because I got to pat out my college resume without yeah. ever having to do work. any work. Yeah. That's the way that's the way I like it. Not We're number sense. two. We're number two. Yeah, that's <laughs> yeah, we're gonna buy Alex's basketball team all t shirts on the back that say we're number two. Uh wear them with pride, boys. So I see Alex's basketball shoes and I noticed that he had written in Sharpie on the side of his you know, on the white trim around his Nike basketball shoes. RJM, which are my dad's initials, that wow. he must have written on there prior to the tournament. So they were on his shoes, you know. So anyway, it was like I picked up and saw the shoe, and it was like, what's so uh, <laughs> as you know, again, wow, you kids like the Polish Michael Jordan pair of shoes, or you were happy? No, no, you so ruined much. these shoes. These were ninety bucks. No, one <laughs> um, for your grandfather in some <laughs> inexpensive way, please. No, I was absolutely, you know, I was very touched and proud. And also the, the fact that, like, he did it without, he didn't do it for attention. He didn't do it because he wanted other people to notice he did it because he didn't point it out. I no one, we didn't know he did it until after the tournament. So it's just something that he's doing for himself, which is really good that he's finding ways to do things, little things that help him. And he's not doing it because he wants any attention. So I think that's, that's pretty cool. I'm proud of the 13-year-old he's turned into, uh, but terrified of the 16-year-old he'll eventually be. So he, we had basketball awards tonight. At the end of the season, they do awards. Some of the award, they gave out the awards that were voted on by the team, and one of them was a kind of like a, a spree decor kind of thing, but you know, without using that because they're athletes, so they're not going to say that. And they're uh, not French. I don't even know what that means. <laughs> what does French. that mean? It's kind of like you know, kind of like a spirit award, or you know, kind of like a overall best teammate guy who's always all about the team and and always gives a full effort and hustle and. Uh, is great on and off the court. Even when he's not playing, he's still all about cheering everybody else on and being positive, whatever. So it was kind of like a spirit. They call it the Panther Award because they're the Panthers, you know, is their, is their mascot. So that's a Panther Award. So he got that award. He was voted. He got that award. And I thought that was very cool that that's the one he would get. I, I prefer that one over – they were all – it would have been cool for him to get any. He didn't expect to get any award voted on by the team, but it was cool that he got that one, I think, especially because of what it stands for, sportsmanship, crap like that. So that's kind of something that I'd want to put out on Facebook so that my relatives that live in Ohio and Wisconsin and on the East Coast and in the West Coast can see that and go, oh, look how look what how cool for Alex. But I so I started I, I had a picture of him getting the trophy, at you know, because I didn't have I didn't know he was going to get it. But so I just had time to grab my phone and take a picture while he was getting the trophy from the coach. So I was going to post that picture. And then I started typing things. And here I am over analyzing again, going, well, you don't want to sound like you're bragging, you don't want to sound like you're humble bragging, you don't want to sound like you're, 
you know, saying my kid's better than your kid or anything, you know, obnoxious. So I, I type and retype and delete and I still haven't posted it because I, you know, I even did the thing where like the first phrase of the post was like Facebook brag or like, you know, so I'm trying to like play down the fact that I'm posting this, but then it Hashtag turns into a like, humble brag. Yeah. But then it turns into a humble brag. And then I, right. but I, I want to say what happened. I don't want to just say like, congratulations to Alex. Cause then I'm vague booking and then it looks like i'm asking for people to ask oh that would happened. be the worst you just said congratulations alex congratulations alex i'm so proud of you <laughs> end of pose you know what a proud what a graduate medical doctor. school they cure cancer <laughs> no, i want to know can't can't say right now guys best friend award yeah sorry <laughs> hey look i can't say but you know thanks for your thoughts or whatever yeah yeah so how do you how do you put something out there like that that is is more it's purely for me it's informational i'm very proud so it is a bit of i do i know it's bragging it's bragging it is you can't say it's not but it's also just a way to get facebook is a great way to get this out so his all of his family can see what he's accomplished what he's done i I just either are a part of or you are not a part of the matrix you know (laughs) like you, you either buy you're all in or or yeah then you you're vague booking or you're yeah uh your your humble bragging. I think you just need to go accept all in. It. I either need to do it or not do it. And yeah, accept, because accept the know, consequences of how right, how it because looks. Otherwise, it's like else. let's come up with a system where I can talk to my family about stuff. Well, yeah, I suppose I can it's go not, through. I can Facebook message. I could type in the thirty names of the people that I really oh, want to see red. it, as uh, opposed to the other three hundred on my. Right. You know, and not even put it in my feed, but just put it as a message or something. But yeah, I don't know. I would like to just type this and hit post and be done with it. Well, you can make a family. You can make a family group. Like you can label people as family in Facebook. Yeah. What does that do? Sarah's family fun, and it's uh, every time there's something going on, they would put something in there. Oh. And I guess you. I guess we must have joined the group, and maybe that's how we see the posts. So that's one way to do it. But then I'd, at some point. There's a there's a point where I have to ask ask everybody to join my group so they can see things that I want to post about my family. Right. Yeah. I just don't feel like if they if they miss it one day or if they wait six months to respond, then they're just not getting it. <laughs> well, also you'd have to make late. you have to create the group. And, yeah. And wait and then post about Alex because <laughs> you can't say, hey, come join my group about interesting things about our family and let me get the ball rolling <laughs> by saying that Alex won a trophy. Is Instagram better for this sort of thing? I don't know. I don't. And I'd have to know how to Instagram. I mean, I know how to Instagram, but I don't care about Instagram. Instagram seems, uh, from That's what I've seen, all the like kids a lot prefer. less bragging, huh? I guess so. Well, Instagram Instagram's is only really, bragging. Is really it? photo. You, you really like if Twitter is commentary and you can attach a photo if you want. Instagram is photos and you can make a comment if you want. But really, it's just photos without nary a comment. So if you had a okay pictures of like a baby or something that's instagram's great for that but like this is a explanation based thing so i, I don't know about hin- instagram for that right so There's do i have a way to post to, to get put this out there like a way to phrase it Doesn't google wave <laughs> i think mean, she's not posted i'll just put it on my just, myspace page what if you print out, out the picture 30 times and mail the letters to your family <laughs> sure uh, i could mail everybody a letter what if you just send them an email link uh, to this, to this episode. 
I could do that. Then they'd all know because I just said what happened. That's yeah. a great idea. Maybe you've what been happened? doing. Maybe this has been a long con, and you intended to get it out to them this way all along. Right. But you wanted to do this long preface this where you own said you were embarrassed to tell them. Yeah, this is huh? the most complex humble brag you've ever seen. <laughs> I actually created this podcast four years ago four with years you guys, <laughs> so that I could let you know about this today. And get my family to listen to this podcast so everybody knows what happened. And Alex <laughs> was going to get this award. I knew it happened someday. <laughs> the long think, con. You know, I had a cousin, shirt tail cousin in Tuscany who started a, a Facebook group called. Did you say a shirt tail cousin? Is that another term? I don't know. I never heard that term. Can you explain it? I, I think that's a term. A faraway cousin. Okay. I'll um, believe you. With, with bijou sauce. <laughs> <laughs> who uh, started a group called Fort Suburazi. Which means, come on, Berezi. <laughs> but it was to uh, subtitle Berezi's of the World. And it was like a dual language page tracking, <laughs> tagging uh, all the Berezi's on Earth uh, because she oh. was working on a genealogy project. Mm-hmm. So everybody joined from the Berezi diaspora. But then it came out that there's two strains of Berezi oh, that are unrelated. Yeah. So what the group actually did was made all these people realize they're not related. Oh, that's so great and disappointing and sad. There's like people visiting each other and staying uh-huh. in each other's homes. And they have no bloodlines they're sharing. Yeah, it's just a just a phonetic coincidence that you have the same last name. You're like they're like one guy is over in Italy and he's like look he's looking at the pictures. He's like, wow, those dads or Matt's dad's over there. He's like looking at the pictures. He's like, wow, everyone's eyebrows are really thin. <laughs> How come no one's wearing thick wool jackets in July? Where are all the mustaches? Yeah. How come everybody's yeah. got a full head? No one's got a full head of hair at 60. <laughs> Wait a minute. These are the other Berezies. God. Not, what a waste of a trip. <laughs> Susan, get your things. <laughs> These are not our Berezies. Staying in a Hampton Inn. Infamia. <laughs> well, Todd, I think you are underestimating, underestimating, I think I've had enough beer. You are underestimating the acceptable threshold of bragging on Facebook. Okay, I, I see where you're going. I, I, I think that. you could just say, I'm very proud of Alex. He just won an award. That's, as far as social media goes, that's a very not obnoxious thing to brag about. All right. right. Yeah, I just I just assume everything in my life with my kids is less interesting to everybody else but me. Well, it is. Everything in your life <laughs> it's is less interesting to other people than it is to you. That is mm-hmm. perfectly said. Yeah. And your mm-hmm. worries are your your fears that, uh, that... have been realized. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> but I but... guess the same applies to everybody. Exactly. And, and we're all just tolerating zero. everybody else's bragging. Right, because we're scrolling some, through other people's lives to get to the good stuff. Yes, I guess this, some that's true. Isn't, some people's bragging isn't zero interesting to you, mm-hmm. right? So, like, if my cousin posts a picture of their kid doing something cute, that is less interesting to me than my kid doing something cute because it's not my kid. Yeah, but it's not zero interesting. You know, like I like pictures of my cousin's kids doing something cute, right? Mm-hmm. So, like, I don't have to appreciate Alex's award as much as you do. To have some appreciation for it. So if I am your cousin or if, if I have added you on Facebook for any reason, maybe a professional acquaintance might not be particularly interested in his basketball award. But like 
if I'm not willing to tolerate a picture of your son's basketball award on your Facebook, I should really unfriend you. You know, that's true. Like if someone starts commenting on my posts about how lame it is that my son won an award, they're probably <laughs> not should not be on my friend list to begin with. <laughs> right. Anyone who's offended, especially if they comment, yeah, yeah, I know. <laughs> Boring. Yeah, nice post, <laughs> idiot. Thanks, Obama. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks, Obama. Yeah, that's true. Someone will probably comment, you know, how does this solve the Muslim crisis? Tonight I saw on somebody's um, Facebook feed it said, his status said, this is important. And then I looked and it was a link and it said, which of your Facebook friends like Trump? Like have, have put themselves down as liking Trump on Facebook? Sure. So I clicked it so I could read about it. But when I clicked it, it immediately told me. Like it pulled up my Facebook Ooh. friends who like Trump. And you know what? It kind of ruined my night because I was like, oh, look, those people are my enemy. You know, and I, wa I wasn't even going to do it. I wasn't going to run the app. I thought I could just read about it a little bit. And it, it ran it and stuck it right in my face. So it could be that some of your friends, Todd, will run, you know, which of your friends brag about their kids' stupid basketball awards. And then your face will pop up and they'll be like, <laughs> unfriend Todd. Stop following without unfriending. Right. Want to see naked pictures of your mom? Well, I don't want to see naked pictures of my mom, but what's this app click? Ah! Dude, how did they get naked pictures of my mom? <laughs> I just clicked it. I didn't think. I didn't, I didn't think it would happen. Oh, my God. <laughs> hey, folks, you already shop on Amazon. You can put those dollars to work keeping this show on the air, and you can do it by using the Amazon portal at paternitypodcast.com. It's free and it's easy. Go to paternitypodcast.com anytime you want to shop on Amazon, and you'll see an Amazon box. When you click on it, an Amazon window opens up. You buy what you are going to buy. You don't have to sign up for anything. You don't have to pay extra. Amazon sends some of their profits to us, and we use it to keep this show on the air. And you are going to spend hundreds, if not thousands of dollars per capita, listeners, this month on Christmassy things on the Amazons. If all of our listeners were to do their the shopping they're already going to do for Christmas through our portal, I did the math on it, and we would make just our little percentage that Amazon sends us, we would make over $37 billion this month. Yeah, we'd be able to retire. Think of how much we could do with the website with $37 billion. We could have flash cartoons. I know. <laughs> We could have, uh, we could have links to other websites. We could, uh, we could have a shopping cart if you wanted to buy a, say, like a, a mouse pad. You could have that dancing baby, probably. <laughs> Get our hands on that guy. You know. Spinning guitar icons. <laughs> you know what people are going to buy? So this is, guys, this is the last, we're going to record one more podcast before Star Wars comes out. But this podcast is the last one that's going to drop before Star Wars comes out. So, listeners, oh, wow. this is the last paternity test you're going to hear before the whole world changes. So you should buy all the Star Wars crap you're yeah. going to buy through our portal. And I just bought, for a friend of mine's kid's birthday, some Star Wars pancake molds, like shapes that make your pancakes into Millennium Falcons and X-Wings and Star that's Wars shapes. pretty awesome. You know what's great about the, these, and I've used these before in different shapes. They, mm -hmm. they, these types of molds, it's just a little piece of 
little piece of tin that you know yeah. in, in, twists in the shape. It's like an outline. It's, got, it's an outline. Yeah, yeah, but it's got that little that little vestigial piece that hangs off the side, so you can pick up the mm-hmm. the X wing and flip it over. But it's made of the same material, which means if you actually use your hands, <laughs> it's made for fingers. But if you use your fingers, you're going to send your fingerprints off. <laughs> yeah. And then if you try to pick it up with like a tongs or something, you're probably just going to, dro- you know, drop it halfway and mess up the yeah. whole pancake. Right. It needs a silicone condom on the on the little flujiboo, right? Yeah. So you can just grab it. But uh, I guess silicone silicone gets hot, too, right? I guess you need silicone on your hand yeah. to pick up the mold. I have some cookie cutters shaped like Pac-Man, and I have some Star Wars cookie cutters, and I wish they were tin. Because you can use a pancake oh, mold yeah. on a cookie, but yeah. you can't use a cookie cutter on a pancake because they right. have to be metal. They can't right. melt on the griddle. Oh, you need to make Star Wars I've cookies got, with these. Yeah. Like a there couple of – because they're, they're, they're big. They're like they're pancake big, right? size. <laughs> so if you make some large sugar cookies and decorate them, they would look so – Fantastic. There are amazing Star Wars cooking products out there now. Like there's chopsticks that look like the lightsabers. There's oh all kinds of great molds. Like you can make chocolate Han Solo and Carbonites with like a what? Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah, you can make oh an ice cube mold that looks like Han Solo and or ice. You can make ice that's Han Solo and Carbonite and then drop it in your drink. How great is that? Wow. That you can is make amazing. You can make spherical Death Star ice cubes. Uh, really, like anything you could dream of has already been invented and is for sale. If not on Amazon, then on Etsy and Think Geek and stuff. You can get, uh, sleeping bags that look like a tauntaun with like guts on the lining. So you can unzip it and say, oh, they smell bad on the outside. Yeah, I've seen that. Yes, the sleeping yeah. bag, the tauntaun sleeping bag is great. Yeah, There's the- a Han Solo and Carbonite LED fridge. <laughs> oh, nice. this is it's a little refrigerator. Oh God! You can God, get, you love- can get a Vader and Star Wars, or a Vader and and uh, Stormtrooper salt and pepper shakers. Oh right, so Vader's and pepper right. and Stormtrooper's mm-hmm. salt. Anyone's ever had a, a Han Solo carbonite coffin? Oh, how great oh. would that be? How got to be somebody who's had one made, right? A super fan who died. Right. You can get a uh, looks like an R two D two pizza cutter, a Death Star a spatula. Hey, that R2-D2 pizza cutter makes boops and beep sounds when you turn it. Like when you cut the pizza, it makes R2 sounds. That's great. Wow. Right? I'd like to outfit my entire kitchen. It's just a Star Wars kitchen. Because it seems Probably like there's nothing point. you can't get between the wall no, and No, there's iron. great. There's aprons. There's there's lightsaber. All the uh, utensils. Barbecue tongs. Yeah. You just need to be able to get your replace your appliances. So what would you what would you get a giant appliance? I get a refrigerator. Did you say this already? There's a refrigerator that looks like the carbonite like the front door of the refrigerator it looks like a mini fridge oh i would like a full-size fridge where the doors are hans solo and carbonite the front door so you just open it up like you're just you just open up han solo and get out your orange juice out out. who got me this orange juice someone who loves you (laughs) (laughs) yeah people have been talking about how star wars they're worried that the toys will provide spoilers for the movie Right. Because, you know, if you have a movie, if you, like if you had a toy called Darth Maul cut in half by Qui-Gon action figure, <laughs> it snaps in half, you know, and it comes up before the movie. Yeah. It's a spoiler. So people are really worried. And they have held back a lot of toys mm-hmm. for that very reason this time. Like they thought about it. And the reason they thought about it is because the soundtrack to Phantom Menace came out before the movie. 
Right. And one of the tracks was called Qui-Gon's Funeral. Oh, yeah. that's. <laughs> I thought it would be a great troll to come out with a soundtrack to Force Awakens and have all the tracks be Spoilers. Chewie's funeral, Han Solo's yeah. funeral, Luke Skywalker's <laughs> funeral, Finn's funeral, all the way down. If you like the paternity test, please help us tell other people about it. If you use iTunes or the podcast app on your iPhone, you can subscribe there. You can also leave a review and a rating or any podcasting app that you use on your devices. Uh, please subscribe to the show to make sure you do not miss an episode. Uh, leave a rating or review. It helps other people find us, and that's what we need. Listener Lars Larson has left us a review on iTunes that is so beautiful it cured my cancer. Uh, he wrote five stars. Glorious. If one were to cross a hummingbird with Sir Kenneth Branagh and Louis C.K., it would just begin to approach the beauty, elegance, and wit of this podcast. While listening, I was reminded of the most beautiful scenes from planet Earth, as if they were interpreted by Larry David. Glorious. Truly glorious. <laughs> Thanks, Lars. Sounds like he owes somebody money. <laughs> I, I remember Lars Larson's name, I think, from... This is Maybe this just talks about what a narcissist I am, but I feel like... He left a review on White Dead Problems. Yes, I think I, I printed all those reviews out and then rolled around on them naked. Read our monthly column, Viva Daddy, in Chicago Parent Magazine and the Paternity Test blog every week at chicagoparent.com. And if you haven't seen our segment on ABC's Windy City Live yet, head over to our Facebook page and follow the link. And, of course, let Windy City Live know that you want to see more of us. So we did our Windy City Live thing. And it was great. I mean, they were really cool to us. And yeah, I, 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 I do think we'll be back. I uh, insisted on tagging along just so I can be there, even though I wasn't going to be on on camera. I was just going to walk around like your personal assistant. I thought it'd be, it was a, it was a blast to be there. Well, thank God you were there because if you hadn't come, I'd still be there setting up the drinks because it actually was a lot of setup. <laughs> and because be you're a, already you have experience in TV production, you kind of knew. I don't know. You carried yourself. Like you knew your way around the studio. Well, I think what I told you was I'm going to act like I belong here, and they'll just kind of let me do what I want. And that's kind of exactly what happened. Oh, Is the that... crew and the union guys immediately just started being like, "Oh, he must be the production manager for this," and like just started talking to you like you were. Yeah, and and I wasn't going to tell him no. Like I'm not going to say, "Oh, I'm not really in charge of anything here." I was going, "Yeah, let's do this. Yeah, go get me one of the. Yeah, we could use a bucket of ice. That'd be great. Yeah, let's have. Uh, I need two glasses." Let's wipe those down. Come on over here. Let's get this going. And it was, well, it was, it was great a lot of because fun. because everybody started listening to you. You and the crew started to set up because I had to go run the dry run the questions with the director. Mm-hmm. And I we, I went around the corner and she asked me the first question. I'm like, I got this. I've run this a thousand times over the past week in my car. Like, I got this. She asked me the first question and I just started sputtering and stammering <laughs> and making an ass of myself. And I saw her face fall. Like, he's going. To ruin our show, like we're going to get canceled <laughs> because of him. And I wonder if that's why Ryan Cheverini was suddenly part of the bit. It was supposed to be just Val and myself, and then suddenly there was the other host. And I'm like, did she throw him in to bail out the stammering guy who's going to freeze when the camera comes on? Uh, I'm glad he was there, but mm-hmm. once I got that, ba- I didn't need it. I just needed a mulligan. And then Todd, you ran the questions with me a couple more times before we went to air. Yeah, and, and that. That made it go like that was and plus and I knew I told them this, but I said like all three of us are because they said, have you guys been on TV? What's your experience? You know, can you do this? And I said, look, we're all theater guys. So we know our way around the stage. And I think there's a studio audience. They're not very big, but they're in front of you in seats laughing that you can't really hear the laughter on camera. 
But once you actually get up there, it's kind of like being in a play. So it's actually right. easier to do for real than it is to practice off stage because right. there's that people laughing. That makes sense. Because I just assumed you could work with the audience a little bit. Yes. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. If you needed to break a fourth wall for any reason. Yeah. Well, you were, I think you were, you were able to, you worked the crowd enough and, and able to, I mean, there was definitely audible laughs that you could hear. And I think Ryan Chiverini just wanted to be a part of it because he liked what was going on there and he wanted a little bit of booze, you know, at 11 o'clock in the morning. But I, I think the producer, by the end of your run through, she seemed like she was very confident in what was going on. So I don't know how it usually goes there, but I got it. I heard a number of compliments from the producers and the crew people about how prepared our segment was. Oh, good. And uh, it couldn't have gone better. I mean, from a thousand miles away watching it, it couldn't have gone better. One of the things we were worried about when we got there with the things going down in Chicago and San Bernardino, we were a little worried about and be, it being a live show. And, you know, that time of day being a time when things can happen in the news and. Yeah, that is prime press conference time. Like if Rahm Emanuel or Barack Obama are going to come on TV, they're going to come on at 11 o'clock. It's when they do it. So we were a little worried about being preempted, and even the producer said there's a chance. We don't know. And we got through the entire show. I think the segment right before us, half of that got preempted, and then the rest of us got preempted Mm -hmm. on the live show. But So if you missed it, it's obviously it's online, but it's uh, I hear it's going to run as a rerun possibly Christmas week if you want to see it on your TV. Right, if you want to watch it on your big old TV. Mm-hmm. You know, like on your on your 500 inch TV, and you want to watch us in your pajamas Christmas week. You can do that, and it it showed again at midnight, and it showed on digital channels. But I think it is going to mm-hmm. rerun, so you can still see us in all in all our glory and see all the uh, all the pictures. Boy, my kid! So I had told Viva that I was going to be oh yeah um, on TV, and I even pulled out my phone and I hit record because I wanted to ask her, "Hey, Viva, Daddy's going to be on TV. What do you think of that?" And I want to get a cute response out of her, right? She immediately broke into tears and started screaming, I want to be on TV. Oh, my goodness. It was the ugliest video you've ever seen in your life. So then uh, they said, hey, we want you to do four drinks, and we don't want all three guys on TV because there's too many bodies. And, like, we don't want crosstalk, and we it's a small set. And we were kind of bummed out about that. So we thought, okay, well, if Matt's going to be the one on, on camera, we'll have the pictures be Dave and Todd and their kids. And then the I last I think they were day, really more afraid that their that their little stage there wouldn't hold Dave and I. Like, um, I've seen <laughs> saw right. pictures of those two. Too much death. So much blood. <laughs> so much blood. <laughs> well, the yeah. the last day the producer one of the producers said the segment producer was like, uh, hey, send a picture of your wife and your kid. So when we say you're a dad, I think they were saying you seem really gay. So could you send, please send a picture of your right. wife and kid? Uh, so family, yeah. right? <laughs> Any wife and kid that could feasibly be yours, send a picture. So I said to Viva, "Hey, we're gonna we're gonna watch this on TV." And I pulled up the DVR and I said, "Here, here goes, and you're on it too." And then the picture came up. I said, "Look, sweetie, you're on TV." And she said, "That's a picture. I want to be a person on TV." Ah, that's wow. wow. <laughs> She's a monster. What have you done really to that is. poor girl? I showed it to my daughters, but I I screwed up and I didn't build it up enough you know i don't have chicago channels anyway but we watched it on my phone so then and i'm like look you're on tv they're like no i'm not no, I'm on a phone yeah they're it's on your phone every day me, like every other picture i've ever seen of me on a phone <laughs> needed to put it on the man, and they computer, spit yeah. on my hand and <laughs> they walked out of the room i wonder if you could get it on does your tv uh, you need to hook your computer to the tv and make it look yeah, like if you plug your laptop in the side of the tv you could just play it right there you go 
it's more effort uh, than I have love. Fly your girl, you and your girls. You fly out here to Chicago. Come to my house. We'll watch it on my DVR. Oh, there you go. And then they'll then they'll get it. Have you guys had any on camera classes? No. Yeah. You have, yes. Dave. It. Uh, oh yeah, you went to an acting conservatory after after undergrad. Um, because I haven't. He prefers to call it a conservatory. It's conservatory. It's actually called a conservatory. <laughs> I learned that in my voice and diction class. Yeah. Right. It's gotten more pretentious over the years. <laughs> well, I, I got a little freaked out because I didn't know how much to look at the person and how much to look at the audience and how much to look at the camera. I, I didn't know where my eyeballs were supposed to go, and I didn't want to get into Jimmy Fallon mode where I my eyeballs are just kind of going all around. And they said, you know, largely talk to the host and look like you're in a conversation. Right. I actually wish I'd looked at the audience more. But, you know, there's red lights coming on, and they're, they're switching cameras, and they said, look, we're going to show the pictures of the guys. And I said, okay, how will I know what's on so I can talk about the picture? And then they said, you just keep talking about the drinks and we'll show the pictures. So I actually didn't know what pictures were being shown when. Right. Pretty much what I learned in on-camera classes is don't do anything too fast. Don't mm-hmm. stand too fast. Don't don't turn your head too fast. Blink don't, slowly. And, and don't, yeah, and don't, <laughs> just don't do anything too – like don't, don't do anything too much. Like just oh, keep – stand still. And don't move. Well, there was a great moment. If you were, if you rewatch the clip, there's a moment. I hope it, I don't know that anybody knows it but me, but, uh, and it took me a long time to even be able to watch the clip. Cause I get uh, right. shy like that. You know, I'm like, oh, if I look yeah. stupid, I'm going to hate myself for like the next year. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. yeah. Well, it's not like, I mean, let me look at the first of 500 clips of me on TV and average out how I feel about it. It's all or nothing. About how right. you here's feel the, about here's yourself the total five minutes I've ever been on television. <laughs> right. Yeah. And, and they, uh, there's a moment where I say something and then they, they take the drinks and they start to talk to each other. So I don't know if I was in podcast mode or if I thought they'd pushed in on their faces, but you see me, it's a three up. I'm completely in the shot, but I turn forward, squint my eyes and then drop my head and you can see that I'm thinking about the next drink. Like oh, I go, I like that. I just shut down. I go like, and I start <laughs> thinking about what my next line is, as though the camera can't see me. It's like yeah. I, you can't see me. I've got my eyes closed. And if you see it, it's yeah. hilariously incompetent. I'm sure it wasn't that bad. I'm sure it wasn't. I'm sure it wasn't bad at all. And I didn't notice it. Watched well, it luckily they were talking and taking a drink, so it was like a sleight of hand. Like, presumably you're not looking at me at that point. But I don't know why I thought. Standing in front of giant cameras, I would be invisible for a moment. But I just but that's how like, we that's oh, how we I? are. That's it's funny, but that's a human. Like that's why we stand behind podiums, and it's why stand-up comics stand behind mic stands. It's because mm-hmm. we we want to be invisible to some extent. Like we want we want to be able to hide behind something, and we think that podium or that mic stand protects us. You know what I mean? We think that there are moments or parts of us that can be invisible. So I think that's yeah, totally normal to do. It makes you realize how much people who are good at what they do on TV are good at what they do. Right. The person on television might not be able to sling hash at a diner. They might not be able to teach a class in theater, but they sure can act the heck out of a an ear prompter. Mm-hmm. Uh, the lights going beep boop and cameras and this and that. Yeah, I, I couldn't imagine. I I can't even imagine I'd ever be good with an in ear monitor and, and a producer telling me 
to move a segment along or don't forget to say this while I'm, I'm in the middle of saying a sentence, I would immediately stop saying intelligible words if someone started talking into my ear as I was trying to read a prompter. I'm too irritable of a person. If someone started <laughs> nagging me in my ear, I just, I, I think I'd get spiteful and like just <laughs> right. I'd actually talk to me. Okay, Fine. I got it. But then you're doing that. You're on live television talking to yourself. <laughs> like, so I'm at. What do you think? Okay. Okay. I got it. What? Oh, sorry. It was my ear. <laughs> sure. Sure. Sure, Dave. Morning host had a psychotic break today in Chicagoland. <laughs> That's exactly what would happen. I'll tell you, though, I have never had so much fun. Todd, I think you had a blast too, right? I did. It was, it made me a little sad. It was so much fun. And driving home, I'm like, I get to go back and do that again tomorrow, right? Like, this is my new full time job. It's just driving downtown and doing segments on live TV. Even if we I got to get a TV show, we got to get a paternity podcast TV show. How do we do this? How do we how do we make us into a TV show? Because that we could kill a TV show. I'm confident in us now. If any of our listeners own one of the major broadcast networks or major radio networks across the country and and are interested in three middle aged mm-hmm. fathers, I think we're your guys. Or a local access channel, anything, <laughs> anything. We could like host horror movies in a regional market. Like yeah. show Donovan's brain while dressed up like vampires or come out of a coffin like Sonos Fenguli or uh, what's the one in Cleveland, uh, Goulardi. Maybe you'd like us to host a workplace safety video. Or maybe a no means no mm-hmm. PSA for college mm-hmm. kids. Don't drink and drive at prom. Oh, or we could do one of those blood runs red on the pavement. Yes. Uh, CMB oh, videos. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, yeah. Driver's yeah. Ed video. Yeah. And now it's time for an inconvenient truth. That's where we watch lakes dry up and polar bears drown. This is going to be really hard on my son. (laughs) You know what I'm talking about? You know what that's from? No. Remember the perfect storm with uh, With George Clooney and Mark Wahlberg? Yeah. And at the end, it's a true story about a bunch of guys who go out on a fishing expedition and they never come back. Mm Mm-hmm. And that's the true story, but everything else is made up because they have no idea what what happened. Sure. During any of it would be like if there were there was no information about what happened on the Titanic and they just made up well, I guess. It would be did. like if terrorists hijacked an airplane and tried to fly it into the capital and the people on board the airplane attacked the terrorists and then the plane crashed, but no one knew what happened, but then they made fifty movies about it. It would be yes. like that. It would be exactly like that. And they might name it Flight 93. Um, but I, I shouldn't say that because I really don't know how accurate that movie is. Um, but anyway, enough of the 9-11 jokes. As as the they hit that big wave that's on the poster, yeah. spoiler alert, um, <laughs> they, <laughs> they capsize and then they're all sort of hanging out in the hull of the ship upside down watching the water rise up to their nose and John C. Riley calls out, this is going to be really hard on my little kid. And I'm like, really? That's what you're making him say? It's pathetic. I mean, he's just like, like, he's so like shouting out hard. his internal monologue. Right. Family, kids, Boy Scouts, eating my first turkey sub. Like, what? <laughs> <laughs> he's just talking about his life flashing before his eyes. <laughs> Maybe that was an acting choice by John C. Riley. Maybe he Maybe. felt like he needed to get that out. I doubt that. <laughs> Guys, I'm really sorry I hit that Vietnamese guy in the eye, okay? 
I just want to start a chain of burger joints in other states, okay? <laughs> Let's run away from this wave, guys. Hey, let's go. Okay? Hey, just Clooney, okay? I'll, I'll be your second in command. I'll be your first mate, okay? I love that George Clooney swims down when he gets out of the when he gets out of the boat. Uh because if you haven't seen the movie, just don't watch it. Just listen to this. It's uh so uh <laughs> Mark Wahlberg and George Clooney swim to relative safety, the safety of the middle of the ocean. They get out of the boat when it capsizes and they sort of look at each other and like give each other a thumbs up. Mark Wahlberg swims for the surface and George Clooney just swims for the bottom because <laughs> he's a monster. <laughs> Wants to die cold and alone quickly, I guess, or at least over the next nine and a half minutes. Hey, George Clooney, now that we're alone, I really want to tell you, you were terrible in Batman, okay? <laughs> and then he Seriously, swims. You were like the worst Batman, and one of them was Val Kilmer, okay? So, like, it's really bad. <laughs> What's going on, DM? It's December 8th. It is. Right, at the time of this recording, at least for the next few minutes here. And it has not snowed yet. Yeah, I mean, I, that's got to be tough for, a, you know, a nor, uh, upstate New York guy who's used to feet of snow by now. Who loves to shovel snow. Right. Who well, is wouldn't just, have moved there. Yeah, I wouldn't move there if I didn't want to deal with snow. Um, <laughs> it's not because my well, here, family's up here or I got a job. <laughs> here in the Chicagoland area, we're going to be touching 60 on Saturday, I think they're talking about. So yeah. Same here. Um, but you know, I, I've, I've heard that they're blaming that, you know, it's El Nino this year is really, uh, screwing with our, our, gonna screw with our winter. And I hope, but, I hope it continues to screw with it in this exact way. Cause this is, I could deal with this. Right. I hope it enjoys repetitive screwing with things because I would like it to continue to do this for the rest of the winter. I keep thinking like, Oh, all winter has been great. But then I remember there's still all of January and all of February and we're, we're bound. Not even close we're, to winter. Yeah. We barely touched winters. Like it's, right. you know, we've had I, two super bad winters in the past three years where it's been miserable before Thanksgiving and before Christmas. Mm-hmm. But if you think about look over the course of our 35 plus years on this earth. Yeah. Chicago weather doesn't suck till after Christmas. Traditionally, that's exactly right. It's you might January through April that is a nightmare. Yeah. I don't know about Syracuse. It's generally a nightmare by now, mm-hmm. uh, at least snow-wise, not cold-wise. But there's salt all over the roads already and typically, and there's <laughs> snow and slush and just muck. Yeah. So are you – deal with. have you had like you know a PTSD about it? Like every morning you wake up going, oh, there's going to be a foot of snow, and you open the door – it's not like it's been 75, right? It's been 40, 45, 50 mm-hmm. sometimes. So it's, it's, you're wearing a coat all the time, but I think what I'm, my body is confused. My world as a father is confused because I'm not sure what to do with my kids. Like I, I don't need to keep them inside anymore, but That's, at the same time, it's I, funny you say that because I, I, that came up today because I, I picked up the kids, or I picked up Ellie from school. She said something about how warm it is and, I've forgotten that my kids could play outside in this weather, but we've, yeah. mm-hmm. we've just kind of assumed that it was December, so we can't go outside anymore, so we haven't. But the right. last three days, they could have played outside after school for like a good hour and hung out in, you know, and like Saturday, they could be outside all day if they want to. Yeah. Ride their Choke bikes. Them up to me. 
yeah. Joe came up to me and asked me if she could go outside, and I backhanded her. I'm like, it's December. Get back in your room. Are you out of your mind? Stay back. I'm gonna go stand on the driveway with a with a snow shovel and a in a in a wrestling stance, just waiting for the onslaught. Well, I'm a little upset because I spent three bills on a guy who's gonna come by with the scoop and and shovel out our driveway every time it snows for the winter. And I'm not making my money back. You know what I'm saying? Oh, I see. So you've kind of put yeah. down a minimum so he knows yeah. he's making some money. Right. Now, if it goes over a certain number of snowfalls, you're going to have to pay more, or does that cover you yeah. for the winter no matter what? It covers you for the winter. Oh, so yeah, yeah. like you so wanted it to money. start snowing in October. Right. I'm a little bummed about that, but really, I'm just, con- I, I really am a little, it's a little confusing right now because my kids want to be, and we are going outside a lot more, but I don't know if I should keep raking. I don't, <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. I know any, because like, what's happening too is, my lawn, it's not super wet. Like I could mow. I literally could mow my lawn, but I don't know if that's weird. I feel socially awkward that I would get my lawnmower out and mow my crappy looking lawn because it grew in October, November when it was really cold or, you know, mm-hmm. coldish. And now I need to, I, I feel like I need to start maintaining my lawn, but it's going <laughs> to snow a foot in like a week. <laughs> But my like lawn I need to get back terrible. down to the beach. Maintain right. your lawn. But it looks terrible. Terrible. Because there's just dead leaves sort of wrapped around all of the shrub. You know what I mean? Because you stop caring about your lawn in, in like early November, late October. So it's been a long time. So it would almost be embarrassing at this point to go back and take care of everything. Right, but there are all those trees, those jerk trees that don't drop their leaves until the last possible second after everybody's already put their rakes in deep storage. Right. So now the fact that there's been no snow, lawns are pretty, pretty rough Crummy. looking. Yeah. yeah. You know, all the projects, because I honestly work on the platform that don't worry about it. If you don't finish it outside, it'll be covered in snow and no one will see it. So I have a rock wall in the backyard that's half <laughs> finished that I started in October. Yeah. And I thought, you know what? Two weeks from now, it's going to be covered in snow. No one's going to see it, and then every time someone comes over uh, to the house, they see an unfinished rock wall with five-gallon buckets full of uh, runner crush in the backyard and work gloves and a shovel, and I look, it looks like really white trash. What so, made you start a rock wall? Every time I think I know you, because I've known you for a mere, what, 20 years, right? you do something like build an impromptu rock wall, and I say, who is this man I'm dealing with? I don't know. I, I it just I needed a rock wall where uh, there's no rock wall. I guess <laughs> I climbed the mountain because it was there. Um, speaking of projects, uh, we've been working on our kitchen for the last oh my god since September. My wife said, "Don't worry, I just need you to knock down this wall uh, between the kitchen and the dining room, and it'll take you know two weekends with the contractor." You knock the wall down. He'll do the electrical. It's all good. And we just got all of the work done like two weeks ago. And it's finally all that's finally. So you've been without a kitchen or you've been just kind of working around the construction. We've been working with live wires hanging (laughs) from the ceiling. And yeah, it's been a total nails sticking out of the ceiling and parts of the floor that were exposed to 
plywood, Helmut, essentially. Helmuths? Yeah, yeah, exactly. We've finally gotten that done, and that's where we live. So, and I kind of had to give up on the rock wall once my wife started wanting a, a kitchen. But yeah, the, the project is, is your white whale. This house, it's 50 years old. There wasn't a thing wrong with it. And my <laughs> wife just wanted to change everything. And I get it because it was covered in carpet and wallpaper and walls that didn't need to be there, you know, because it's a 1960s house. So there's a, the dining room, the kitchen and the living room are all separated by eight foot walls and there's no you know what I mean there's Are no you sure those walls didn't need to be there because you showed us a before and after picture that suddenly walls were gone and there was a wall taken out in my house and that wall needed to be there um well no it it didn't it just didn't. for show well it, people in the middle of the century hated open plans like just like to stay in huddle in tiny rooms well i think it's true right i mean you think about any i don't know i suppose Everyone wanted to live like Victorians. Well, it would have been uncouth to have the kitchen open to like your dining area because the ser- you know, right. the maid it's, or the uh, servants would be in the kitchen. Right. So you don't want to see them while you're in the dining room with right. your friends. The woman wants to entertain in the dining room. She doesn't want people to see all oh, the work and the sweat right. she's putting into it in the kitchen. And the living room is for smoking afterwards and beating the kids. <laughs> um, and so. Yes, that's exactly right. Every room needed to be separate, and now no one cooks anymore. No one beats their kids anymore. Uh, no one really entertains anymore. <laughs> yeah, not in the formal but, way, but everyone um, when they entertain, way, everyone right, hangs out in the kitchen. The dining room is just where you fold laundry. So yeah. uh, <laughs> that's true. We have so a now, dining room table, and it's the most useless area in our in our house. Like yeah. it just needs to go away because it's un it, it serves no function. We don't eat at it. We well, you do have a formal dining room. Yeah, I mean it's not a separate room because it's a very open floor plan, but it's an area. Like you could tell that you could make it its own room if you right, want. But I've to. been to like house parties, like formal, like as formal a party as is going to happen at your house, and that it's formal untouched. dining room was not used. No, it's untouched. It just becomes a place where kids dump their backpacks. And I leave my work bag or my coat on the chair, and then Kelly gets mad because we didn't put our stuff away. I'm like, well, don't leave me this perfectly good place to put my coat right. in. Don't give me an entire formal <laughs> dining room to put my stuff in. That It just needs to become a second TV room. Well, I just wanted like a sitting room. So like if someone wants to go sit and read a book, instead of sitting in on the couch where Alex is playing a video game, they go, go on the other couch in the room without a TV and sit in there. It's a nice place to we can make it a usable, functional space. But instead, it's like a museum. There's a hutch full of Kelly's great-grandmother's china and a, a glass-topped – it's a wooden dining table with a glass top and really nice chairs that we don't want to sit at because it has white upholstery, so we don't want to ruin those. And uh, it, it hasn't been used. I think we're sort of moving away – at least I, I feel this way because I've my life has been set up to where I can't have – heirlooms you know what i mean i mean other than the, the car you know my dad's uh belvedere Ingles on the move that's right baby Plymouth. Yeah. <laughs> other than that like i don't have a hutch i don't have my great-grandmother's buffet uh, shelves nothing is set up to where it can't be touched everything is from ikea everything is from cb2 everything is from crate and barrel you know what i mean there's no room 
that we, that is only gone into to dust. You know what I mean? And I don't know if that's, if that's a, a new generational thing or if that's just me. I can't, I don't know. I don't know. I feel like there's something that happened a generation ago, but doesn't happen as much. Am I yeah, wrong? I think, a, I think it's a combination of lifestyle choices of like people being less formal and people foisting off like everyone at the party wanting to have fun with everyone at the party, not the wife working, bringing right. things out and serving, literally serving the guests and then disappearing again to do work. Everybody right. wants to chill together. And then, yeah, people not having, we've lost that. I don't think for, for ill, I think for good. We, right. I mean, it's nice to have nice things, but like you don't buy items which you then can't afford to touch. You don't make a sitting right. room with a white carpet that nobody can walk into. Right. Say, well, or hey, we're, we're living in this house. How about we live in it? You know? Right. Or that's too big to move. Right. Like the, like back in the twenties. Oh, the right. 40s. The mahogany hutch or something that you, right. Could, that yeah. you knew, you knew that it would not be moved until after they cleaned your stuff out of it when you died. Right. Uh, yeah, I have no problem with this. So we buy kind of semi disposable things. Even our, even our nice stuff is like a little crappy. Right. But I'm okay with that because we're having a little more fun, right? I like it because I know – right. It actually offers up the idea. I feel like we're crapping all over Todd's dining room right now. Well, I want to crap all over my dining room. I just I, – I don't like it. I, Kelly knows that, and she's kind of leaning. She's slowly agreeing with me, but it's more that we don't know what to do with these heirloom yeah. pieces we have. We have a hutch oh, from her parents. Problem. The stuff's nice. and But it's they're, – they're museum pieces. Like you don't you don't use them. Right. But you also you have enough rooms in your house that it's not like there's a room in your house that's missing. So you don't need to take out that stuff because you've already got a big family room in the basement. You've already got a living room. You've already got various rumpus rooms and bedrooms. You know, so it's not like mm-hmm. oh man, that formal dining room table is standing in the way of that sewing room we wanted to have. You know, if you right. took all that stuff out, what would you replace it with? I don't know. What are you missing? I don't know. I, I guess it's another place to sit. But we have a loft upstairs with a couch, and we have a couch in the basement. So. I mean, you live in the western suburbs, so you could get one of those sex swings, but you wouldn't put that right the first thing people see when they walk in the door. Right. Probably. Maybe you need to build some walls in your living room, in your dining room, yeah. as opposed to taking them down, so you could have that swing. Mm-hmm. Stop buying you now bars for your favorite hyperactive vlogger and follow us. Like our page on Facebook, share our posts, and follow us on Pinterest, on Instagram at the Paternity Test, and on Twitter at the Dad Test. Do it. I was trying to figure out what the hell a You Now bar is. What is mm-hmm. You Now is a new social thing that the teens are doing. Currency? Oh, is this the one that uh, the parents can't follow? Maybe, probably. And you like actually put money into it and buy You Now bars and like actually pay the the channels that you like. Like other teens are making faces into a YouTube video, and you like pay them for it and you pay for the thumbs ups and stuff oh it's like a micro celebrity generating factory i wish i could explain it better but i'm now getting to an age where i can't quite get my head around some of the things mm-hmm. <laughs> took me like two I, years to get on instagram now i like it but i, I, I couldn't get it for a while it was funny i just as a litmus test uh, i was reading about this uh, this site called twitch and it's a it's a gaming site. It's a site basically where you go and you watch other people play video games mm. uh, or you get followers and they watch you play video games and that's how you make money somehow. 
And I thought I was, I was like, Ooh, I'm going to, I'm going to throw a curveball at my students. And they go, Hey guys, how many of you know about Twitch? And everybody raised their hand. Oh, wow. Yeah. Like I, you know, like, oh, yeah, it's awesome. Well, it's kind of it – it's hard yeah. not to know it if you play any video games because, like, if you're on Xbox, I have an Xbox One, and there's a Twitch channel. Oh. And there's a, a Twitch app or whatever so you can go and watch. But it requires an account or subscription or something. I haven't – I mean, I have no interest in watching other people play video games. But if you preview a game, if you see if you like it, there's usually a – a Twitch feed, like a one they have up that you can watch someone play it for a few minutes to see if you might be interested in buying it, you know? Is that what it's about? They pay people who play well or who at least have a lot of followers so that they sell more games? I think if you get a lot of followers, then, you know, it's the same thing on YouTube. If a lot of people, even if your videos are stupid, if a lot of people watch them, they'll pay you to keep doing right. them so that you right. keep getting the clicks. I mean, probably doesn't have a whole lot to do with whether or not you're good as much as if whether or not people actually follow you. Good enough for me. Send us a question or a comment for the Paternity Test Mailbag. Just email us at paternitypodcast at gmail.com or leave us a voicemail at our phone number, 657-BAD-DADS. You've heard us say stupid things for a year. Now let us hear you say stupid things. Now it's time for Dirt Don't Hurt, where what makes you dirty needs to be cleaned off. <laughs> What's up, Matt? Well... My daughter and I have been having some fantastic daddy-daughter play dates recently, and uh, Chicago parent. I start, I'm going to start to interrupt you, but I don't know who's going to miss these play dates more when, as she gets older. I'm feeling sure. it's going to be you. Well, she'll yeah. change and move on and want something else. That's right. right. But I'll still want to have play dates with my four-year-old daughter. She'll be like, uh, "I'm nine. I have nine-year-old friends. My dad is old and weird, and I hate him." Uh, and she'll have a new thing. I will still be the same person and have no four-year-old to go on play dates with. You're going to have to get a new four-year-old. Clearly. Yeah. I'm going to tell her that. (laughs) (laughs) Got to be surplus four-year-olds in this world, right? Yeah. Well, Chicago Parent has facilitated some of the extra fun that we have because uh, sometimes they'll reach out to the blogger network and be like, who wants to cover the holiday trolley and the zoo lights? Here's free tickets. So I'll get to do some extra fun stuff. And like, you know, I've said before, I love being city dad, and it's a trade-off. Like, your house is small, and you're in danger all the time, but there's lots of fun stuff, right? So you just got to mm-hmm. decide your priorities. And we, the other day, we hopped on the L, and she loves riding the L. And frankly, just taking the L train a couple of stops and coming back to the house would be enough of a day for her. Right. Because she's so stoked and so worn out by the time we get off the train, the thing we're going to is gilding the lily. Right. <laughs> uh, so we went um, to the Chicago Toy and Game Expo at Navy Pier. Those pictures made me – I threw my computer across the room. Like this is not <laughs> fair. It's not fair that I live here it's, and you're standing next to stormtroopers. But think of all the sh- snow you get to shovel and the wings I know. and pizza. Yeah. <laughs> Think of all the money you get to lay out for people to not shovel your driveway. Right. Think of all the pipes in the yards you get to look at. <laughs> <laughs> well, we hopped, on, we hopped on the L, which she loved, and we went down to Navy Pier, and we uh, went to a toy and game expo. But the – and there's plenty of fun things to say about all that, but here's the deal. We hop on the red line, and she always wants to go and get cozy in the 
corners of the car. Sure. But I think as all of us have, all three of us have lived in New York for, for, for periods and we know that the cozy corners of the car are the last place you want to be. That's where the urine is, right? And that's where (laughs) people are sleeping and that's where all the AIDS is, right? You do not want to go to the corners of the car. Right. So every day, for as soon as we get on the L, I have to explain to her why we don't want to go to the corners of the car. And we get on the car and I can smell urine a lot, Mm. right? And there's two kinds of urine on red, the red line. Two kinds of urine? Yeah. There's only two. Old urine and new urine. Well, vagrant (laughs) urine and and Wrigley urine. (laughs) Right, right, right. Urine that smells like Budweiser and urine that smells like 1998. Like Bruno. Right. <laughs> yes, like Bruno. <laughs> right. Yeah. There's there's Saturday night urine and there's Wednesday morning urine. <laughs> <You know? laughs> this was, a, I feel like this might have been a weekday. This was a weekday, I think. And and this so this year and was happening. I'm like, well, this isn't just some Loyola kid or DePaul kid or Roosevelt kid, you know, two full ice house. And this isn't like uh, the cup season's <laughs> over. This is uh, this is you're in your extra don't want to touch, you know. Yeah, this is a lifetime of bad decisions. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. If you shot up this year and you'd get high from this year and this year has issues, but I can't find the urine. So then we start to enjoy. The ride. Now she's a four-year-old, so she runs all around the car, car, and like swings from the strap hangers and climbs yeah. up on the seats. She's all over this. And Chicago has some very bad choices in in uh, subway design. One is that in the coldest and most miserable city on earth, we've decided that the subway should be exposed above the ground. Mm-hmm. Like one city where you'd love it to be closer to hell because it would be warmer. Uh, we put. We expose all our train stops. That's weird. Put them in the very sky. Weird thing. Yes, we put yeah. them in the sky. Uh, <laughs> very strange. The other thing that's weird is that we have carpeted seats. I've never understood. Oh, I'll yeah. never understand. So you can't see your enemy exactly. before you sit on it? Exactly. Yeah. And you can't wipe off your enemy. <laughs> right. So there we are frolicking in the car. And she climbs up on a seat. And then she turns to me. And with her big brown eyes, she says, Daddy... This seat is wet. No. 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 Uh-huh. <laughs> and oh. I look, and there's a puddle in the seat. There's standing urine in this seat. And I, here's where I made a mistake. I thought she had seen that the seat was wet because there was a, there was standing urine mm-hmm. in the seat. And then she looked down and said, Daddy, the seat is wet, or the seat has a puddle on it, mm. whatever she said. Little did I know that she had felt that the seat was wet. Mm. So we rode on the L. She climbed all over me. She's my daughter, right? She hugs me. She kisses me. She runs her hands on my face. She, you know, I lift her up. Right. (laughs) Right. Open heart surgery. Uh, Yeah. Well, and she did like, and I'm sure we had snacks because she's four. So snacks are constant, right? Then we get to Navy Pier and went inside, played with some stormtroopers, played with some Anas and Elsas. And we were walked down the pier for a half an hour, played in the fair for a half an hour, and then she put her hand directly on my mouth. And at that moment, I realized that her hand was absolutely soaked in vagrant urine. (laughs) I mean, the fact that it had been an hour since we'd been on the L and her hand still reeked of urine. And I thought, 
is it's probably too late. It, like if I grabbed a fire axe off the wall and cut her arm off at the shoulder, it's still too late. Right, yeah, it's already it's in her bloodstream. Mm-hmm. It's too late. Yeah, she's like thirty percent vagrant urine right now. <laughs> right. It's also on my mouth now, so I need to grab a firebox to the wall and cut off my own head before it gets to my heart. <laughs> You're gonna have to like lock her in a room like a like a fifties country singer to to get her down off yeah. the heroin high. No matter how yeah. much she begs she's you to on. open that door and says so she's fine. No, Daddy, I'm fine. I'm fine, it's gone, I promise. There's no more vagrant urine on me. I'm fine. I swear to God, open the door. <laughs> you put open this door, Dad. <laughs> Lock her in the woodshed like Miles Davis. <laughs> Not coming out until you're de-urinified. Oh. oh, you are such a sick daughter now. Yeah. And you know what? I never told my wife this story, so she will hear this. On the magic of the interwebs, and she'll realize that I let my daughter plunge her hands wrist deep into vagrant urine. I don't think people realize uh, on this show that this this show is a large, in large part, is how we tell bad stories to our wives. <laughs> yeah, that's how we break them to it. We're hoping yeah. that the power of comedy will soften the blow. And yeah, by I've blow, done I mean their many, fist against many our times. face. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. So... What did you, did you then take her and scrub her down? I did. Like, then I like picked her up and ran to the restroom. Of course, I have to take her to the men's room, which is a filthy place to try to get clean. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> really self-defeating. <laughs> and, you know, I scrubbed her hands, but what are you going to do, right? It's not like they keep 40 mole acid in there or something, you know, right? Like there's soap and you wash your hands and you go, this is, I seen the needle and the damage done. Like it's over. And of all the people that the Chicago police gunned down, they couldn't have gunned us down that day and put us out of our misery. So- <laughs> <laughs> and by the looks of uh, the protest today, it looks like they're, you're not going to have a, a mayor much longer to continue to allow people to be shot on the streets. I don't think we are, actually. I think this is going to be a major turnover. So if anybody's looking to become mayor of Chicago, uh, <laughs> establish residency now because it's coming. Right. Send us an email. Wow, that is really upsetting. And I can't stop thinking about it now. I mean, when I think about the dirt don't hurt things, like the things I've allowed. So I let my daughter drink out of a clogged park fountain filled with cigarettes. Oh, yeah. Well, you know, you just don't get those kinds of experiences out here in the suburbs. So I see, you know. Oh, I let her eat out of a a Sunday gutter. Oh, the Sunday gutter. Oh, the Sunday gutter. Man, that is, that's rough, man. Uh, It's one of those where you, like, you lay in bed trying to fall asleep at night, but you could feel the urine in your bloodstream like i know it's in there mm-hmm. i know i'm infected one time when i was doing a show in atlanta i came in my roommate was in bed i'd gone out that night with my uncle who lived in marietta and i came back late it was a saturday night we're staying at a ramada inn and i walked over to my bed and i got in my bed and i was like oh this is unseasonably cool in this bed, and I realized after some investigating that somebody had peed all over my bed. <laughs> the bed was made. It was completely, you know, it was in pristine condition with the exception of the urine that had soaked into How much the bed. investigating did that take? Less than you'd think. <laughs> so then... And I'm 25 at the time. I'm, I don't care about anything on this earth. And especially myself. I'm like, I'm just sort of a, 
a vessel of for fun. So I'm like, well, it's a double bed. I could uh, just sleep on the other side and pretend this didn't happen. Oh my god! And so I lay there. Oh my for a god! Minute. I lay there on the dry side, and I'm like, and I'm thinking, Dave, you do, you did like touch the urine. So then I get up, and I get a shower, and I, I walk downstairs, and I had to call. I go up to the bulletproof glass where the guy is behind the counter and i had to get he would he wouldn't give me a new room he wouldn't believe me so then i had to get like corporate on the i had him get corporate on the phone or whatever their version of corporate was right because so the person who urinated on this bed was not not your uncle and not no but i not a lover and not a ghost like it was like a a vengeful cleaning person or what i think it might have been my vengeful roommate because years later my buddy Nate, who I met on the trip, he's like, dude, Tim did that. There's no way Tim didn't pee. Was he mad at you or was he like in Cheech and Chong mode where he thought he was peeing in the toilet and he peed? Uh, yeah. It could have been either one with Tim. Um, but I think he was upset with me because I was sort of hanging Sleeping out. with his girlfriend? No. I was hitting it off with a girl on tour that he wanted to hit it off with. And he was a very vengeful type. Like he would, he if he was having is. a bad time at a club or something, when we'd go out, he'd, he'd take, he would take the van that we were all driving and go home. And it was, <laughs> <laughs> uh, things like that would happen. So I think he's the one that peed on my bed. And eventually I got a new bed. Eventually I could talk, I talked him into getting I hope. Yeah. I admire your moxie for lying next to the stranger you're in and thinking you could just stick it out. That's kind of what you have to do. And Todd, you've been on tour. Like, you know that you're married to these people. Yeah. Until you can, you know, you figuratively kill every one of them off. And you also stop uh, in towns the where the tour, but huh? you can't, you also stop in towns where you can't afford any, any, any rooms Fun. that are any nicer. So right. you have to deal whether or not your roommates going to urinate on your bed, there's usually something disgusting going on in, in your room. There was always something, or we were making it disgusting. Mm-hmm. We were staying in hotels where kids were like taking their BMX bikes and riding them into the pool. Um, <laughs> we would cook fish. Nate had a, <laughs> a foreman grill and he'd cook fish in the room. <laughs> but it wasn't a motel. It would be you'd walk in through the building and into your room, and he'd set up a foreman and like crack the window. Wow! And we'd have salmon. Yeah, he was he was a piece of work, man. It was awesome. Oh my god! It's something to do when you're in your twenties. I think ever. I think I think you're missing out if you haven't been able to go away with strangers for three months. We haven't laid have to talk about bed. Right, and laying. Uh, yeah, and laying a pile of someone else's urine i tell more stories but this is a clean show i recall once on vacation with my parents you know you go on vacation and you go to motor lodges and occasionally there'd be a chopped up hook in your room and you'd have to change rooms right like that's right i think a normal occurrence when yeah uh, on family vacations right it probably still happens with you and the girls when you drive i think it has happened. i think you've talked about it on the show like you're driving from uh, syracuse to salem you stop at a night's inn or something in ohio and you walk in and there's something horribly awry. Oh yeah, we have. Done. I was like, we talk about you. Yeah, we have done that. Um, we've actually switched and like gotten back, gotten all of us. I've walked across enormous hotels, mm-hmm. like embassy suites on the 80th floor, carried all of our crap back to the car, driven to another hotel, 
and unpacked this again. Yeah, I think unless you're the type who always stays at the Four Seasons, I'd say like one out of every four times you check into a hotel, you switch rooms, right? Yeah. yeah. And I remember one time checking in someplace with my parents, and it wasn't like some I'm going to murder a prostitute hotel. It was just like a, you know, Holiday Inn or something. But I remember looking under the bed. Because my parents would always say, okay, like, let's check out the room and make sure there's no body parts in here before we, like, unpack. And under the bed was a peanut covered in (laughs) something red and liquid. And it could have been someone was dipping peanuts in ketchup. Uh, It could have been that that peanut had passed through someone's digestive tract and had a rough time coming out. But it stuck with me. This bloody peanut stuck with me. And whenever I'm in a hotel room... At some point, the bloody peanut appears in my head, and I start to get really uncomfortable. <laughs> so I can't imagine a urine-soaked mattress and I, if I hadn't known who urinated on it, because I'm still obsessed with the bloody peanut from the early 80s. I, it sh- just shows how, distri- how little regard I had for my own life. It's true. It's true. Yeah. Well, yeah. now I have a urine-soaked four-year-old to think about. Yeah. Not her urine for the rest of my life. Yeah. Oh yeah, you're gonna think about that every time she puts her hand you're on. You're gonna your walk face. her down the aisle, and all you're gonna think about is vagrant right. urine the whole time. Right. Finally, right. someone else gets to smell her. <laughs> yeah, she's gonna try to lean in and squeeze me before she lets go of me at the end of the aisle Speaking at her wedding. Away. She's gonna go, "I love you, Dad. Thank you." And I'm gonna go, "Ugh, uh, it's, it's yeah, fine. it's fine." It's yeah, give me that. I give you away. <laughs> Who takes this? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Who gives away this, uh, who gives I away do? this, bleh, I, her mother, bleh, and I do. Please take her. <laughs> and then when they get to the point where, does, does anyone object to this union? You see a bum stand up in the back row. <laughs> oh, you. It's like, stand, yeah, it's like, uh, it's like the graduate. He's up on the second floor. <laughs> like, Viva! <laughs> it's me! Wait, oh, you don't know who I am. He like he, he's carrying around a jug. He of pees urine. everywhere. All of a sudden, the smell hits her. She's like, "Oh my god!" <laughs> her whole life flashes before her eyes. She runs out and gets on a bus. <laughs> whoa, 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 whoa! <laughs> I heard that at the end of that movie, it's supposed to end with them smiling and laughing on the bus, and Lumet or Lumet, however you pronounce it, just left the camera running. Kind of by accident, kind of not. And so when they stare off like that, their thousand yard stares at the end. They've just dropped character? Kind of. Yeah. And he kept or perhaps it. they put their hands on the seat and the seats right. were wet. And <laughs> scene. Well, folks, it's time for another episode of the Paternity Test to wrap frayed lights around a dry tree. Follow us on Twitter at the Dad Test. Like us on Facebook. Uh, once you check out Todd's just annoying tribute to his son, <laughs> and visit our website paternitypodcast.com or email us at paternitypodcast at gmail.com. Catch us Tuesdays at chicagoparent.com and call our voicemail at 657 Bad Dads and tell your friends about the show and put that Christmas spirit to work giving us your money by making a donation to the show via our PayPal link at paternitypodcast.com. All right, everybody, remember, if the urine stains on your toddler don't smell familiar, then it might be time for a Silkwood shower. And until next time, best of luck passing the paternity test. (laughs) 